Welcome back to the Role Player Podcast presented by Swiss Cultures and featured on Eurohoops.net, also Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts as well. We're back one more time with my guy Anthony Goods, 10-year overseas vet, Stanford gentleman, and uh, uh, what is it, co-founder of Swiss Culture. So I got to make sure I get all my terminology right. I told him before the show I'm a little dyslexic, y'all. So what's good, Ant? <laughs> man, man, I'm, I'm chilling, man. Just riding out this haircut and these waves, you know what I'm saying? Hey, you know, man. Just trying, just trying to put it to work. You know what I mean? The weekend's approaching. Hey, man, he is a Stanford gentleman. This dude got on the camera with his head down. Like, man, I was like, damn, that boy looking like he in the ocean. Just wavy as hell. That shit crazy. <laughs> That was that was disrespectful too, cause my hair gone. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to hang on for dear life, but that's all right. Hey though. man, hey, every time we do a podcast with some overseas cats, man, my confidence get up, cause y'all be out here looking rough. <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> the lineups never is crispy. <laughs> you get a fresh lineup overseas, like it's like it's like day five in the states. Hey, I already, I already hit my barber. I'm going every three days this summer because I got to now with my, you know, I'm 32. Back in the day, I could go, you know, a week every two weeks. I got to go every three days now, but that's all right, though. But anyway, we got a real special guest, man. We got a real special guest with us, uh, uh, FIBA Intercontinental Cup champion, a FIBA Intercontinental Cup MVP, FIBA Champions League MVP, FIBA Euro Cup champion. Greek League All-Star, Italian Super Cup MVP, Turkish Cup winner, Turkish Cup final MVP, Turkish League All-Star, and second team All-Big East way, way back in the day, 2012. He ain't got no hair either. That's how you know he old. But we got my man Jordan Theodore on here. Jordan Theo, what's up, man? What's up, fellas? What's up, man? Appreciate y'all, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I know y'all been talking about hair, but you see, my shit look all right. <laughs> yeah, French Baldy and all that. Yo, yo. I'm sitting in the chair, straight goatee. Just don't fuck this up. Yeah, how much they charge you <laughs> just to clean up the goatee though? A little twenty euro. Yeah, you know I mean? a little twenty, a little expensive. But I tip the barber. They can keep the extra five. You know what I mean? I, I know, I know you. Uh, I know you live in Istanbul now. When you gonna hit the? Uh, when you gonna hit the hair plugs, bro? No, 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 no. We not doing. Nah, that. No, we not doing that. Nah, I can't. I can't. You ain't gonna see me come back with the fresh line with the curls. Nah, nah. I My wife might even take me for that. She might be like, bro, nah, I don't. <laughs> she might I, not like me with hair, bro. I yeah. How long shit? It's been, yeah, you look like you look like a vet. You know what I'm saying? It, it is. It is clean. It is clean. Man. I hold you, but. I ain't gonna lie. I was on Google the other day. I had to just check in on the on the on the Turkish procedure just to see real quick. I'll X out real quick, but you never know. I gotta keep all your options open. But listen, man, we appreciate you coming on. We gonna jump right in, and you know, like I had mentioned, you living in Istanbul now, uh, married a, a Turkish a Turkish basketball player, Tugba Theodore now, and uh, we just kind of trying to figure out. My first question would be. Is what's the what was the benefit of being in a relationship overseas? Like you think it's more beneficial to be in a relationship, be single. We had Malcolm Delaney on here, and he talked about you know he didn't have a girlfriend for the first ten years of his career uh, because he just focused better. So for you, what what was the best formula? I mean, for the for the first six years, I was out here single too, just moving and grooving. Uh, you know, but uh, I think the benefits, well, for me. What was the, the most beneficial part was just having somebody there. Like, you know, at, oh, you spend so much time overseas, you can get real lonely. You don't have really nothing to do. You spend your time going out, ch- chasing whatever you're chasing. 
You know what I mean? But having to focus on basketball, having that person there that actually knows the game too, who could sit there and enjoy all the things that I enjoy about the game, you know, uh, that was the probably the, the best part. Uh, and at the same time, not having to cook, not having to find food, shit, having somebody do laundry, <laughs> uh, like just help me with the culture because I've, I've spent the majority of my career in Turkey. So it's been it's been easy, you know, with, with her being by my side. So that those have been the, the best parts about it. Man, man, that's love. I remember I was in Germany and I was talking to a girl when I was in Germany. That's probably the happiest I was overseas. I didn't even, <laughs> it caught me by surprise because I was, I ain't messing with no European, this, that, and the third. And that's kind of, I introduced her to my parents and all. I was low key tripping, but that's all right. But it, was, <laughs> it, ended up, it ended up being one of the better better years I had overseas in Berlin. She was cool and, like you said, help you, help you acclimate to the culture. What you think, Ant? Yeah, man, I think it's, uh, it it does it does kind of take one obstacle out of the way, you know, being married or having somebody with you overseas in the sense that like, you know, you can come home and yeah, if they cook or they can just kind of take things off your plate that you wouldn't necessarily have to do, especially if you practicing twice a day and things of that nature. Like, you know, I'm sure y'all had times where y'all had that late practice, that second practice of the day, you come home, you like, I ain't cooking, ain't nothing open, I'm getting this peanut butter and jelly and laying it down. So, you know, I think I think that helps. Um, but, you know, also, man, I, I feel like a lot of times, you know, it uh, when you when you have a significant other, you, you still got to entertain. You know, what I mean, that's somebody that you got to kind of keep engaged in on your off day. She going to want to go walk around and go see the castle down the street or whatever it is. So, um, you know, it has its pros and cons. It really just depends on, you know, who your woman is and what kind of person you are and what you're looking for. But. Um, I think definitely for young guys, I think it's better, you know, to kind of be single because, you know, just the way our minds work and things like that. I mean, you're getting hyped up off of, oh, this chick speaks a different language. And, you know, there's just so much you haven't experienced. It's probably better to kind of get overseas, find out who you are on and off the court and then, you know, figure out, OK, yeah, a relationship is something I need or it's, it's not going to help me, you know. Is it is it better to have someone from the crib or is it better to have if you do do the relationship things better have someone from the crib or someone like you said who can help you acclimate to the culture, deal with fans, deal with the team, all that. What you think? Me or you? They told you so ahead, me. You, guess, you the man. You the guest. You go first. You right, always first. One, right, so back I mean, to one, then three. I had a. I so I had. I can speak from my experience. I, I had a lady that I was dealing with uh, coming out of. A school, then got over here, and then having her come back and forth and visit, it wasn't the easiest thing to do because trying to show her to show her the town, trying to show her what I've learned so far. But at the same time, I got two practices a day. I need my two hour nap. I'm trying to focus in and lock in however I can. You know what I mean? And then coming out of practice, doing whatever it is that I'm finished doing, I got to spend time with you, and it just wasn't easy. You know, and then her leaving, and while I'm here long distance, having to deal with that, oh, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, or, you know, it's it, it just honestly depends on who you are, like Ann said, and who that female is in your life, you know what I mean? That's the most important, you know what I mean? If you have trust, and I mean, trust is everything, but it just depends on really you as a man, because you, nothing can prepare you for being thousands of miles away from home. 
and somebody that you that you really care about and your family and everything, you never know how your emotions are going to intertwine and what's going to really happen with you. Because you're meeting new people, you're learning new cultures, and you're traveling. You're seeing, you're seeing new things that you never probably thought that you would ever see. And that, has, and that plays a big role in your mental space as well. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. I think, I think, man, having somebody from the crib, I think you got to do a little more entertaining. You know what I mean? Because this is a new new experience for them. They in the house. They ain't got no friends. They ain't got nothing. When you got somebody that's from that city, they got their own friends. They got their network. They got holidays. You know what I mean? They can kind of give you a little space, like, when yeah. you need it. And uh, so, you know, that's why, like, I used to... I used to limit my import visits to like seven days. You know what I mean? If it was a local, like she could stay, nah, she could stay a little longer. Cause you know what I mean? But <laughs> she was from the crib. Hey, <laughs> you got seven days, boo boo. Hey, hey, don't have, don't have no teammates. Don't have no, no, be on a team with no American teammates. And she can't hang out with the, with your, with your other teammates wives. It get tricky then. Yo, it do. <laughs> It definitely do. It's it's a fine line between being a stress reliever and becoming the stress too. Like you said, after that <laughs> after that seven day, I'll never forget too. I was with my second year, I think, in Italy, and I was there. That's that's the other. My thing was I wasn't gonna be able to be faithful anyway. Like it, not, I mean, in the way that, and I my ass when I was young, I was getting caught up. Like that was an inevitable. You know what I'm saying? So I'll never forget. I came out of practice in Rome. And us caught up, came on the speaker. I was with I was with my teammate. Caught up, came on the speaker. I checked my phone, had about 17 text messages. Shorty at my apartment. I was like, oh shit. Like it's a wrap. <laughs> it went through my iPad. Like it was yeah, it was all it, it I think was we all, all been bad, through that. Man. man, of course, of course. But it was all bad. But I guess having that and you know, one of the one of the big things, I guess, like I said, would be dealing with the fans and dealing with the dealing with the team when you have someone over there. So I guess just jump forward and talk about how, you know, Kyrie had all that thing with all, all the stuff in Boston, flicking the fans off and going back and forth, which is part of the game. I think that's what make it fun, right? But at, it, was it – you think it was appropriate for Kyrie to be flicking the fans off? Is it cool for him to be interacting with the fans, talking to him crazy, or is it is it out of bounds? Oh, very appropriate. I love it. I'm here for it all I'm the way. Because I'm, ta- I'm, talking, I'm talking my mess – Talking my mess to the fans as well, you know, because you know you love me now while I'm wearing a uniform, and okay, maybe the ending wasn't how we how we both seen it, you know, but it, it doesn't mean you could disrespect me as a man, you know. I'm out here getting paid to do my job, and I'm doing it at the highest level, you know. But y'all want to c- curse me out, fuck me, I'm a bitch, pussy, all this and that, all that's not like all all, all of that is is really not it's not needed. You know, you can say, you know, I, I understand fans get really into, uh, really emotional, and sometimes a lot of fans, this is all they have. They've been diehard fans their entire life. They've been passed down from generations. You know what I mean? And, I, and, I, and as we all know, this is how it is in Europe. You'll be in the yeah. gym, and kids will be in there sticking their middle fingers up at you, and you like, yo, hold on. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I just got there, man. I just, went, I just put on this uniform four months ago, and y'all hate me like this? You know, but I, yeah, I'm definitely here for it. Like, Kyle, was, he wasn't out of bounds. Well, I mean, we all knew he was going to get fined, too. The NBA ain't, ain't playing that. But what's 50000 to when you to $200 million in the bank? 50000 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nah, it's, it's still 50000 I think the fans, though, man, like, 
there is a line like saying okay you suck and all that other stuff fine you know i mean you're a bad shooter you can't whatever you know what i mean skill wise but i mean y'all remember when sofo hit that gate and ran up in the stands in israel like it got really real you know what i'm saying and it's uh it's you know they they, they do struggle with the fact that like you know, and that's kind of my, my, my problem with basketball. It's almost like they feel like they own you. Like, the owners feel like they own yeah. you. Management feels like they own you. And the fans feel like they own you in, in certain spaces. You know what I mean? And, you know, as Jordan said, like, you know, I'm a man at the end of the day. And it's like, you can say whatever you want during the court. You know what I'm saying? But when you step off that court, like, now you're dealing with a completely different ball game. And a lot of these fans would never say it to your face anyway you know what i mean there's strength in numbers so like yeah they got like a thousand other people like yelling f you and f your kids and all that other stuff and like you know and you know especially like playing like like in hulon in uh in israel you know those fans like i've been on you know on the on the positive side of that and i've been on the other side of that where they was like look don't bring your wives don't bring your kids to this arena because you know the fans are going to get really disrespectful and you know and i think that you know, there's no place for that, man. Like, you know, disrespecting somebody's family and and, and things like that. That's man, I didn't been. Have y'all ever been like violated by fans? Yo, yeah, like yeah, that 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 was gonna be my next question. Like, what's what's the craziest story you got? Like, from me, because because like I said, flicking people off. Like, I think in Boston they was out of bounds, and Kyrie was not out of like. It was cool. Go ahead, interact. But to me, that's light. Like <laughs> the NBA, that shit. I mean, very, like, like you said, fuck very you, pussy. Like I'm low like, key. What is this? It, like all right, like like yeah, like shit. I'm you know cool. Like I got hit in the face with a water bottle one time. You know what I'm saying? When I was in Italy, I was in Biella. So I was gonna say, what's the what's the craziest story you had overseas uh, interaction bro, with a fan? Bro, I've I've been through some shit, y'all. I, I mean, like in in games in Turkey. Uh, in games in, in, in games in Greece, but like the worst, what happened was like after my after my year in Turkey, I just got my Macedonian passport, right? So Macedonia now North, northern Macedonia, uh, we playing against Kosovo. I don't know this rivalry, never did, don't know the countries, battles they've had in the past, nothing, don't know the history, right? So we in Kosovo. They telling us, yo, don't go out. Not leave the hotel. Don't don't do nothing. I'm like, yo, bro, we in a new city. Like I never been to Kosovo. I want to see what it looked like. You know? <laughs> they like, nah, don't don't leave. Like it is so bad. We staying like maybe like an hour away from the gym. You know? So I'm like, all right, cool. I I, I don't go nowhere. We get to the game. In the game, you know, fans throwing stuff at our bus. We pulling up. They throwing shit at the bus. Bro, this is like a pre-qualification game in the summer. Like, we ain't, we playing for something, but it's like summertime. You know, like, I'm thinking we just about to walk in exhibition. It's about to be light. We just here. You know, I'm getting my passport. Bro, I go for – we in the game. Man, fans are throwing stuff. So I go for a layup and get fouled. I end up in the crowd. Mind you, we playing in a really small gym. You know, so fans are on top of you. They going crazy. Man, I go in the crowd. To, I, I fall into the crowd. I get up. Yo, somebody spits on me, yo. <laughs> like, like spits on me. Like, like. Damn. And I go like this. 
And I'm ready. I'm hot. I'm ready to go in the crowd. The ref, my teammates grabbed me like, don't do it. Because if you go in there, we can't save you. <laughs> you know, like, 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 and I, bro, I'm telling you, I was seeing red. You know, like, because, you know, you, you can you can throw bottles and all that stuff. You know, I've been through certain things like that. You know, some places they throw coins and shit. You get yeah. booed, blah, blah, blah. But to, to spit on me? Like, for me to get, like, to literally spit on me. But I, that's... That's the most disrespectful I, thing No, like, like, yeah. I, I, I want to smoke. Like, I was, after that, at that point, like, I was ready to fight everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I, but the thing is, the thing is too, Kosovo, Kosovo, Macedonia. That's that's former Yugoslavia or that area. Like, they ain't no bitches either. Like, they bro. they go and they I know. mess around and jump you. And that's what they told me though. You go in there, we can't save you. Like, right. like the refs looking at me like, bro, you going there at your own risk because we not going in there. <laughs> Yo, I, I my last my last gig was in uh, Kosovo in Pristina, and uh, right before the pandemic hit, uh, we were supposed to have a game. Like you know, I don't know later that week, but like we had three practices in a row with fist fights with the local players. Like they're like the most I've never seen. Like Albanians are like hot headed. Like three fist fights in a row. So the fourth the fourth practice of that week, coach was like, look. We're not playing five on five because I don't want y'all to fight. <laughs> like I never, I never heard no stuff like that. Yo, like, and I'm not even talking about like it was some dis. I'm talking about hard foul, two words exchanged, and then they just start throwing them. And I was like, yo, they different out here, man. They, they really with the shits, man. But you know, I, I would say the craziest fan experience though that I've experienced was in Venezuela. Um, back in my D-League days because we weren't making no bread, so we had to go to Venezuela in the summer to make some money. But, uh, like, I mean, it's the second most murderous country in the world. Like, And the fans, like, they would throw beers at you all the time if you were the away team. So we used to get hit with beers all the time, and, like, I'm hot. And then you turn around, and, like, the fans are, like, telling you to come up there. And, like, they were strapped. And they show you, like, <laughs> lift up the shirt, like, like, come up here if you want. And at the end of the day, like, you just get comfortable with the beers. Like, you know what I mean? This ain't ain't so bad after all. You know what I mean? Like, I seen a knife fight in the stands. Like, the the crowd, like, parted like the Red Sea. This dude's, like, hopping up the uh, seats trying not to get stuck. And then they got to the top. And he's, like, chasing them around the arena, man. Like, Venezuela was a a whole different beast, man, in regards to to safety. But, is it true that in uh, Venezuela, like they tell you, like don't wear no jewelry? Oh, nothing. Like bro, don't bro. don't have nothing on when you outside. Nothing, bro. Like I'm talking about, like like my teammate, he got robbed by two 13 year olds uh, gunpoint. They hopped off the mopeds, <laughs> stole his phone, like everything. Like you can't walk. Like I'm talking about, like I was sitting outside my hotel one time, man, and I seen like uh, two dudes walking down the street, guns in hand. It's like the Wild Wild West, like in like in the arenas. The police don't have guns because they don't want to aggravate the fans. They know the fans got guns. So they just got the shields. You know what I mean? So, like, when they throw beers and stuff, like, they'll protect you. But um, in regards to, like, we used to travel, like, if we went on the road, we had undercover cops with us. Like, and they would walk out. Like, if we were walking to McDonald's or somewhere, like, right next to the hotel, they would walk out. But they had their piece out. You know what I mean? Both of them, like, front and back. Like, you have to... 
And when you're in practice, you go straight from practice back to maybe a restaurant, right back to the apartment because it's it's too dangerous out there. Um, yeah, it's it, 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 it's wild out there, man, and it's been like that. But back then, the money was money was good, so you know, cats will suck it up for you know a couple months. But uh, yeah, it's Venezuela is a different it's a different beast. Damn. I was thinking about going to South, uh, to South America at the end too, but that shit, fuck all that. Yeah, Colombia <laughs> a little better, but yeah, they got it. Fuck all of that. But yo, who got to, who y'all who y'all think got the uh, who y'all think got the best fans? Like who who got the best fan best slash worst fans in Europe? Like not whether it's whether if you're on the road, like they they the worst. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's do both. Who got who got the most disrespectful fans, and then who just got the best fans? Like whether you on the road, you don't fuck with them, but if you play for them, they cool. Serbia, Serbia, yeah, Serbs. They the Serbians. They definitely great, but if they don't fuck with you, yeah, they be on my ass on Twitter and on uh, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, they be on my ass all the time. I always be talking shit to them. Yeah, they be on my ass. I mean, to me, the best fans in Europe: Serbians, Greeks, Turk, and and Turks. Like, I love Turkey. I love Greek fans. I love Serbian fans. But if you if you ain't playing good, oh, they all on your ass. Dang, it's sad. they it's all sad. on your ass. It's sad. I probably I probably would have to go with the Greeks. From what I've seen, I probably gotta go Greeks. Just that I've been Olympiacos, <laughs> Panna, Ike, all them fans. They doing all yeah. They they wild. They trying to run on the court. They doing all that. Oh yeah. <laughs> you y'all remember when uh when the when the owner at Panna uh he like stepped down or something. DPG he stepped down, and all the fans like pulled up at his house. And they were like they showed like his security cameras. <laughs> like all these fans are like on his street, and they like outside of his house. I mean obviously he's got like a wall and all that other stuff. But yeah, nah, those fans is. Different in Greece. Nah, Pant- Pantanaikos fans don't play. They don't, they don't play. Like I know, like for Olympiakos and Pantanaikos, it's tough to really do anything in, in, in Athens because Athens is so small, and it's either they're a green or a red fan, you know. And then you got the Ike, and then you got the Ike fans who was a they got huge they got huge fan base too. But like being one of them, and then like say like this season, if you in Pantanaikos and you're not really doing so well. You can't even really maneuver because everywhere you go, you're going to see a fan. They're going to be talking shit to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's why. I remember Israel, they came. We was playing bad. Them motherfuckers showed up at practice and walked on the court. Stop practice. <laughs> Stop practice. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to talk. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, about what? <laughs> like, Bro, remember... <laughs> So I think I might have told you this off air, but like, so when I was in Hulon, I was playing, I was playing like shit, got cut and left and went to Nesiona. So mm-hmm. my my boys on Hulon told me uh, they had lost some more games after I left. And they said that the fans showed up to the next practice. One of the fans walked into the gym and practice, had some shit on a paper towel and set it on the floor and was like, this is what y'all played like last night. <laughs> Oh no! Nah. Hey, and get, guess where I was at when they walked on the floor? Hulon, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right? 
Oolong, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> Oolong, <laughs> people don't got no damn sense, man. <laughs> people ain't got no sense at all. But man, at least, at least in Israel, for my, for the most part, Israel, I at least got my money on time, so that was cool. Like that, that was right. And the, the fans overall, they cool. But yeah, I mean, as long as you got your bread, as long as you got your bread, y'all could do what y'all want as long as I got my check. I don't. <laughs> Big Speaking of which, that's going to bring us to to one of my favorite segments because Ant got all the good stories. This man does his research. Paycheck, rain check. Yeah, man. Paycheck, rain check. We're going to see uh, somebody's paycheck is taking a rain check this week as it, as it happens every week. And unfortunately, <laughs> this week is Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert got fined for cussing on his uh, post-game interview. He got fined $25,000. But, you know, as we said, what's $25,000 to $200 million? But... He did get paid. He dropped the F bomb. He said, um, you know, F uh, F what they're saying or whatever it is. Um, you know, the, the announcer was asking, like, oh, what do you think people are saying? What do you think about what people are saying about the team? And he's like, F what they're saying about the team and whatnot. So my thing, my problem mm-hmm. with this is, is, is Rudy, because there's a lot of talk about how soft Rudy is and things like that, is Rudy cussing in a po- post-game interview to seem tough and to improve his image? I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I don't really know if you know how you know how people compete can be on the court and off the floor. He could probably be the toughest dude off the floor. You know what I'm saying? Like but I think it's the playoffs and that's just emotion. You know, like I think what he got they they had just won the game, right? Yeah. So he probably feeling himself. So yeah, he might be captain. <laughs> <laughs> he, might, he might be capping. He feel, he feel on himself. Yeah, he might be capping. And he did hit the game winner, right? If I'm not mistaken, he got the lob for the game winner. He, yeah, some, a- after that game, got, Some, someone passed him. The yeah, ball yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, 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 yeah. He, he got the game, the game winner, so he fell on himself. Yeah, nah, nah. Someone passed him the ball and he put it in the basket. He ain't hit the game winner. <laughs> he don't get that. That's a, a game-winning basket. Nah, 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 nah. He just guided that bitch in the rim, man. Nah, you all, <laughs> <laughs> these, these things are not the same. These things are not, no disrespect, man. No disrespect, but look, look. That man was, yeah, he cussing to seem tough. He doing, like, I, I get it, though. When you, you know, you in the league, you got all these eyes on, you getting 200 mil. Shack on your head every day. People on Twitter on your head every day. At some point, you got to do something to try and prove yourself to. Like it's just, this is human nature. So, like Rudy, not tough. Cat, not like them type of dudes. They not tough. So yeah, he was probably trying to prove something, which is cool. I mean, he trying to do something. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a fan. Just be yourself. But it's it's hard to do. I can't even imagine having that much attention all the time. People at your neck. Yeah, every I mean. Day. It- and if you think about it too, man, like I, it just it just seems out of character. I mean, and you and we know the French culture, like they're not that type, you know what I mean? So, and he ain't been over there that long, so I, I think that you know it was, I think it's a mixture of both. It's a little out of body experience. I don't think he had to do that. I think it's more so just to kind of you know show some aggression and, and things of that nature, which is cool. But you know, I think Rudy is pr- probably. He's probably trying not to go down the same route like Dwight Howard. Like, I felt like after Kobe called him soft once he left the Lakers, Kobe called him soft in that game and it became a meme and all that other stuff. I felt like nobody in the league respected him after that. Everybody thought he was soft. They thought he played around too much and 
He was never serious. He never won a championship like that and things of that nature, which I, I didn't feel like was fair for Dwight because he was still putting up crazy numbers. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, in the league, once you get labeled as soft, everybody's going to try you. You know, the Draymonds and everybody else on down the list, you know, they're going to start to try you. So I think Rudy, you know, is trying to protect his image, which he probably should, you know, but mm-hmm. – you know, I, I just don't I just don't see that as being natural. Just knowing France, knowing the French culture, I don't think that's him. But I don't. Yeah, know how much so. how much he make this season? What what he signed? Two two twenty? Two two five or years? four or something? I think I think. I, yeah, call I me soft, y'all. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, call me soft. <laughs> call me soft. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Call me soft, B. I don't, it don't even matter, bro. Uh, yeah. All right. But I but I don't so, know huh? though. I don't know because it's still like man. You know you know how I mean. Even you're like in Europe when you you making a, a good. I mean you ain't making that obviously. But it's still like people get to talking to you a certain type of way. You ain't trying to hear that all the oh, time. Nah. Like you ain't trying to hear that all the time. But I guess my my other question would be: Do do Europeans get unfairly labeled as soft? You know, like you see these dude. You see Jokic doing what he did uh, with with Markeith Morris. You see Compazzo do what he did with Wayne Ellington. Luca getting in a scrap with uh, with um, with the Hassan Whiteside last night. A little baby scrap, what if that's what you want to call it? So, do these Europeans get unfairly labeled as soft or not? I think it's a give and take because you know the European game. Everybody's used to flopping. Like, I think that plays a major part in it. You know, faking to get calls. Like, you got dudes that practice flopping when they go to the basket so they could get calls. You know, I don't necessarily think a lot of them are soft. You know, uh, I just think that it's just in the, it's just some, some of the things that they've had to do to play the game. You know, it just becomes natural. You know what I mean? And in the league, ain't nobody fighting. So, shit. <laughs> I think a lot of dudes acting tough. Like, man, nobody fight. I would love to see somebody get fouled and throw a punch. At least we know, like, all right, they could, you know, somebody's still out here on on, on go. But dudes ain't trying to risk their money and miss games, man. I think it's, it's the league is more capped right now than anything, you know. And the overseas dudes, ain't, ain't no, they not getting into it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think, though, I think there's there's always been that narrative, and I think it, it does go back to the history of flopping. Um, you know, there's always been that narrative that Europeans are soft, but I don't think that uh, I don't think that this crop of Europeans is the soft that the flopping soft, you know, what I mean, that, you know, we were used to because now we see Americans doing it. You know, what I mean, Americans flop and things like that in regards to fighting. Yeah, of course. Nobody's going to fight. And at the end of the day, if it is, it's one or two punches. But I will say for the record, I think uh, Robin Lopez, a Stanford, another Stanford gentleman, was the first NBA player to throw a punch in a game for like 13 years. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? If, uh, you know, we're looking for tough guys. We're looking for tough guys. We can, we, hey, 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 if we're looking for tough guys, we can go to the Harvard of the West. But uh, <laughs> we out there. We with the shits. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. Ain't nobody trying to. Ain't nobody really trying to fight, man. I mean, the fines and just everything else. But it, it just always amazes me how, especially during playoff times. I mean, there's always some tempers flaring and and things of that nature. But uh, yeah, it's a different game. But also, I mean, I was talking to an OG yesterday, man, and uh, he was telling me back 
back about the the ABA days and like the early the early days of the merger, and he was just talking about like how much they used to fight back then. Like, think about it. I mean, the old school tapes, as much as they used to fight in games, think about practices. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, have you guys watched Magic's documentary yet? I, I was just about to ask that. I was just about to say, have you bro, seen Winning Time or Magic documentary? Bro, that first episode when he gets drafted and they start showing the old clips of how, they, how the NBA, it was just fighting. They was like, that's all they did. Every possession, dudes was just fighting. So you you right. talking about Magic's documentary, right? Like I I, I started watching Winning Time, but I got to start watching Magic's docu. Their docu- yeah, I'm talking about Magic's on, on Apple on yeah. Apple Apple TV. It's yeah. it's it's great, bro. It's great. I should definitely check that out. That's I think I think uh, I think Jokic might be about that. Jokic might be with the shit. If anybody is, if anybody is, I think he he's the Serbia one. I don't different. know if he is, but I don't know. But if I had to pick one, but you over here talking about Stanford too, like the West Coast really used to be like. The Europeans of America, like we, I remember, we used to we played a West Coast team. We used to be like, "Yo, hey, it's about to be sweet." Like these dudes is soft; they just want to run up and down and shoot. Like we about to be physical with these with these dudes, man. Like, so, hey, hey, but now, but now the West Coast is getting our respect. We, it's the West Coast hey. era of basketball right now. It, you start nah, looking at NBA All Stars. Nah, you start looking at all that. It is, it's the West Coast era. It's just like West Coast rap is back. You know what I mean? We put the gangs in rap, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, we got our respect back now, so we good. We good. I, I can't even hold you. It is the West Coast, man. I'm trying to think how many superstars are from the West Coast right now. Like, you got, oh, I guess, or, got at mo- least in the past five them. years with Harden, Kawhi, Westbrook. Russ, PG. D. DeMar. 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 Who, there's I mean, more. The I mean, the list goes on. Oh, Lamelo, Lamelo's up and coming. Lamelo, Lock, Kevin Love. But just West a list Coast, of dudes that's in the league. West period. Man, that and that. You know what? And that's crazy. You being from New Jersey, <laughs> what's going on out there, man? What's going on on the East Coast? Is, is New Jersey, New York basketball I mean, we got some, sad? We it's got over? some. Yo, nah, hell nah. Our basketball is good, man. And right now, it's in a great place. We got a lot of young talent. You know, I just think whatever's in the water out there in the West, man, we need that out here because we, you know, we need some growth spurts. <laughs> you know, we got to put on a lot of short guards. <laughs> right. That's <all> right. <laughs> hey, these East Coast is definitely well represented overseas. But as far as the league right. goes, I mean, shit, the Knicks and just, I mean, obviously not everybody from Knicks Nets is from New York, but the Knicks not making the playoffs. They always trash. The Nets supposed to be title contenders. They can't even get out the first round right now. So you think, for one, do you think New York, do you think New York players will ever come back to, to I guess like the dominance that they kind of had in the night when we was growing up, like the Stephs, Bass, all them dudes coming out of New York, all them guards. You ever think? Yeah. Or you think the style I definitely do too because much? I think. Uh, I think you know how how the world works. Everything comes back around. Right. You know, right now, you know, New York and New Jersey had it. You know, then it moved ATL. You know, down south, then they went to Cali. You know, it, it just it's just moving. You know, New York can have its time again where, where where we're dominant. You know, but when you look at the game and how much it's grown, man, it's not like oh, to be a point guard, you don't got to be six one anymore. You know, you can be six seven. <laughs> you know, so you know, I think you just got to give credit to the game and how and how far it's grown. Because shit, if I was six nine back back in the day, when we came up, you couldn't be six nine and be a PG. 
They weren't teaching you that. You was on the block, dog. Get your ass down there. You playing the four or five. You know, now dudes want to be seven foot KD. And I think that's had a major impact on the game and a major impact on, on, on how we look at positions. And especially for us being the East Coast, man, we don't grow that. We don't grow that tall, man. Yeah, man, we don't even. Yo, but I got a question, though. So, like, on the East Coast, um, and maybe I'm a little ignorant and just buying into stereotypes, but. Like for the younger the younger generation, or if you want to get on the court day to day, like what's the accessibility to indoor gyms, or is a lot of that still on the on the I courts mean, and parks? Because in LA, you can find a gym damn near anywhere, in any city you're in, you can find a gym to go in there, get shots up, play ones, whatever you want to do. And I think that's what more so aided the development of the younger generation is gym accessibility. You know what I mean? So, you know, what's that like on the East Coast? I mean, there are gyms, but not as much as the West. You know, it's definitely not accessible as how, how it is on the West Coast. Like, I remember being younger and playing ball in the park in the, in the, in the, in the, in the winter. Like, sweatpants <laughs> on, gloves, shovel the court, fuck it, we out here. Like, th- three hoodies on, we out there, gloves, working on my handle. You know, like, this is how I grew up. And if we did get a gym, hey, we got a gym, but... Man, it wasn't it wasn't accessible for me. Now I'm sure it's definitely accessible, especially with all these trainers now. The game has changed. Everybody's a trainer. Everybody has access to a gym. Everybody's trying to develop the player to do this. I think the real issue is that kids not having fun playing basketball. I think it's just all, let me get in the gym and let me do these drills. Let me do these cone drills. Let me do this. Like when I was when I was 12, I wasn't work doing cone drills, bro. I was just playing basketball. Hooper. You know, I would go watch YouTube, my whoever my NBA favorite player was, and I would just dribble in the house all day. My mom come home, why are you still dribbling? Yeah, 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 I'm in here. Just dribbling all day, dribbling all day. Get to the court where whatever I was dribbling on in the house, yeah, I'm going to try it on whoever guarded me. It might take me 10, 15 moves, but I'm out this motherfucker playing 21 all day. You know, like, I think that's the issue. Everybody wants to be a trainer and all these kids trying to become pros at 12 when they're missing the real art of just having fun and playing the game. Yeah. You know, the, the fundamentals. Shit. That's the biggest thing for me. Shit, and you say, you say uh, YouTube, real shit. It was really, I mean, then we didn't, you didn't really have NBA League Pass like that. It was, you was really watching who was in your market. And then you was watching NBA on NBC if you could. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, it was, and that's, that's who. Commercials. That's, you was watching AI commercials. He would come on. You couldn't wait to see yeah. the AI commercial. Hey, I, I always say, like, so Midwest guards are all very similar. Like, they, I think New York guards were similar. West Coast guards were And mm-hmm. I think it's because, you know, like, I remember growing up, the Timberwolves, we had, like, Terrell Brandon. We had Chauncey. We had mm-hmm. cats that were pull-up, mid-range, basic packages. And then, like, mm-hmm. I take a dude, even, like, D. Rose, as explosive as he is, He's really not like he ain't flashy like a New York guard. He still looks like a Midwest guard at his core. Like yeah. he don't really have the you know he's not gonna hit you with no bink bink none of that. So I always thought that was interesting. Um, the older I got, you know, obviously I played against you, Theo, growing up, and we played the Gauchos, and I remember playing against you and Kemba and Truck and like watching y'all mm-hmm. play. I'd be like, damn, these niggas, where they? How they get all that shit? Like, <laughs> like I was low key <laughs> jealous, but I had like I had seen it, but I just didn't like. I hadn't seen it enough to like where it occurred to go in the gym, and that's what I was working on. I was working on my. But you did see it with Steph, with Steph, but only for a year. For a year, and I was like seven seven or eight, so I didn't really understand like what he was doing. I was just out there, this man out here catching lobs and 
I didn't really understand what he was doing at that time because I was still so young. Because, like, I remember N1 mixtape. That shit almost fucked my life yeah, up. Yep, yep. That was the, yeah, <laughs> like, that was the, trying moves. And that was when you yeah. started to see that people from other parts of the country actually was, like, could really play handle, shoot. Because this is when you see hot sauce coming from ATL. You see other people from different uh, cities Come and play on this team, and you got the New York guards. You got the you got all, all these guards from other places. Like, damn, he nice. He from yeah. Baltimore. Damn, he nice from Cali. He nice from ATL. It's like, damn, like dudes really hooping all, all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, you what know, like, the, what what would you say? Okay, so let's just say, like, back when you was coming up, what was? How did you see the stereotypical players from each region? So let's just take okay. What is a East Coast guard like versus a West Coast guard versus a guard from the South or players from the South? Let's just say players in general. It, it really wasn't about. It? it really wasn't about like like honestly, I couldn't really see it no way because you didn't see you didn't have film of dudes. All you would go off of is yo. I heard he nice. He in Cali, yeah. but he killing everybody. So it was like, oh damn, he killing. Well, shit, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta kill too. So they hearing about me in Minnesota. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I need to. I need to know who he is. Cause then it's like once once I faced off with whoever was supposed to be the guy or whoever was nice, it was like, all right, well, I'm gonna make sure he know who the fuck I am before this game is over. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know how it is now. I could, I could go online and pull up footage of you and and be like, oh, he doing this. Well, he ain't got this right here. And if he got that, I'm gonna make sure when he see me, I'm gonna do his move on him, so he know I got I got this and that, you know. Like before, I never really I never I never really thought like, oh, he from Minnesota, he trash, you know. Mentally, that's how you think about every basketball player. Like, oh, he trash, he ain't fucking with me. You know, that's just how that's just the mentality. I feel like you should have, you should respect people, but you should always think they can't fuck with you. But like, it's just, you know, it's just a confidence thing. You know what I mean? But like. I never really looked at guys and was like, damn, Cali, they shooters, Minnesota, Minnesota known for big men. Or this mm-hmm. I never really thought about that. You know, you you if if you nice, word of mouth always travel. Word of mouth. And cat cats yeah. cats was like urban, urban legends for real. Cause I remember uh growing up, we had Khalid Alameen, and Khalid was like McDonald's, Ooh. and that's who I like looked up to. And Khalid went out and played with Ooh. the gauchos, like on in the tournament. You know how cats mm-hmm. used to leave their team. So when he mm-hmm. went to go play with the Gauchos, I don't know who all they had. I think Steph played Gauchos, right? All them dudes played Gauchos mm-hmm. back in the yeah. day. So you knew all that. And I'll never forget, like, knowing Khalid went to play with the Gauchos and who they had. When I went to play y'all, I was kind of like, damn, this the Gaucho? Like, man, I, like the shows, man. <laughs> So I was just like, bro, these, the yeah, these, all these dudes is real, like, regardless. So it was, yeah, that was... Bro, that was an interesting for us for playing sure. with the Chos, for us playing with the Chos, like we did, like we never felt like we was playing against competition. We felt like we was playing against the, the history of the club, yeah. because all we heard about was, "Yo, Stefan played here, he played here, they did this. What y'all gonna do?" Like that's all they talked about for us. It was never, "Yo, we playing against this team, we playing against SoCal All Star, we playing against them." Nah, it was almost, yo, listen, they ran the circuit when they played. What y'all going to do? Yeah. Like, and it was like, man, fuck them old dudes, man. We ain't trying to hear that shit. It's, it's our time, you know? Like, that shit used to be crazy, bro. Like, we definitely playing against ghosts. At least that's what it felt like. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't see a West Coast Hooper until I was 17 at Kingwood. I saw a Drew, Drew and Jeremy Anderson. Drew Holiday and Jeremy Anderson were two of the first, like, West Coast mm-hmm. Hoopers that I played against where I was like, 
like you knew who you heard their name obviously and then that was the first when they was with pumping run so it mm-hmm. was like we didn't go west yeah i wasn't in uh brandon jennings era nah uh nah, like he, you knew my class yeah, you did yeah he was our class he was our class but yeah. we didn't who who he played for he played for uh for socal right he played for socal then he played yeah, with uh then he played with the i know in the cat in the cactus in the cactus tournament in uh, arizona he played with something sure some some guy to him and Drew was Belmont Shore. Him and Drew Holiday was in the backcourt. We got them out of there. But SoCal was Adidas. Yeah, yeah, believe yeah, But he played with SoCal when they was young. Him, Taylor King, Kevin Love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's my man name? Uh, uh, is it Malik Story? Malik Damn, Story. I, I, hey, yo. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I'm telling you, back in the day, you know, AAU circuit, bro, you couldn't wait to get to AAU because in high school, if you had a national schedule, you played. Just whoever the yeah. the good high schools were, but in AAU you seen everybody, yeah. and especially if you was like, especially like with us, we probably played up. Like when I was 15, playing 17s, you got to see OJ, you got to see, you got to play against motherfuckers. You was like, damn, these motherfuckers is nice. D Rose, Eric Gordon on the same man, team playing man, Mean Streets. Man, mean Streets. We you played, like, man, yo, that was crazy. That was crazy. That shit you know ain't what right. You got to you got that to shit. see you got to see dudes like, like I didn't know who Malcolm Lee was. Yeah. They was just telling me, yo, he a 6'5 point guard from Cali. Yep. And I was like, nigga, he can't fuck with me. My, my man, I'm like, yo, he can't fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? We see them, and it's like, yeah, I need this matchup. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how it went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think, who else y'all had in Cali, though? Because now that I think about it, it was a lot of guards. But it's a lot of dudes that don't, that don't even play ball no more. It was. Yeah. I mean, we, we always got crazy talent. And then, you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, Cali's just so big. I mean, we're just going to put out talent and numbers uh, in regards to hoop. And there's so many teams and and things of that nature. And like I said, man, I think it comes down to, like, gym accessibility. And, I mean, you look at, like, majority of these famous trainers, a lot of them are in L.A., you know what I mean? And that's the reason why. There's a lot of business out there. And, you know, I think the game in general is just getting flooded with this whole – it's the trainer era. You know, they're becoming celebrities in their own. And – yeah, I think it is changing the game a little bit, man. You know, it's uh, I, I think I think the young hoopers, man, they they lack imagination. Like we used to just go out there and hoop and pretend we was whoever. You know what I mean? They they lack imagination. I, I would say they they imagination shows up in a different way though. Like I would say, it, it's, it's I think they have it to a degree. It ain't the same. Like cause some of the stuff these dudes be pulling out with the, with the ball is is crazy. Some of the stuff they could do with the ball is is nuts, though. Yeah. So, oh, for sure. They they sorry. they super skilled, man. And I think I was having a conversation the other day. I think let's just say the alpha the alpha male in in regards to basketball has changed. Like it's no longer the Kobe cuss you out. I'm gonna lead the team on both ends of the floor. Like it's no longer that type. It's more so the supreme confidence, borderline arrogance type, like Lamelo, Anthony Edwards. Like I'm just better, and I just want to just outplay everybody, outskill everybody. Cause I'm just better than everybody, but I'm not necessarily here to lead the ship. You know what I'm saying? And now I think so. When you're constructing teams, I feel like you need to go out and get like the Rondos and you know just other people that are going to kind of be that voice, oh, be yeah. that enforcer. You know, kind of be the aggressor to keep everybody on the same court because you're not going to find that in your star player in regards to point production like you were back in the day. You saying? You saying? So you think guys? Piece, uh, huh? 
Basically, so you think guys are more soft now? I think it was the anti-bullying uh, movement that happened in schools that has now trickled down to the younger generation. I think that uh, I, I wouldn't even say that guys are more. Yeah, I think it's social media, too. I think social media, the highlights, switch cultures. You know what I mean? I think, you know, you got guys playing for, like, different reasons now. You know what I'm saying? It's like, back in the day, we hooped to get our name in a newspaper or to get notif- uh, get some kind of notoriety or somebody to say we were better than somebody else. We weren't doing it for one play that's going to go viral. You know what right. I mean? Like, I haven't been to an AAU tournament, but I guarantee you there are a whole bunch of players throwing behind-the-back passes and, you know, just doing all this wild stuff that doesn't get completed just so they can get that viral moment. You know what I mean? So I think it's a combination of both. And I think that, you know, with the anti-bullying and all that other stuff, like, you know, you get guys that are a little more passive-aggressive now and don't really want to push the envelope in that regard. Don't get me wrong, they're competitive. They still want to win. But they're not about to fight you over a defensive rotation or, you know, make you, you know, make you feel less than a basketball player over not doing what you're supposed to do. You know, I mean, they'll bring it up to you, but it's going to be in a in a more diplomatic way. And uh, I think that that's just that's just the way uh, the world is moving in general. Yeah, that's that. No, that make that make a lot of sense. That definitely makes a lot of sense. You're gonna have to have some of them old. School I don't like it. Gonna keep it in check. Nah, nah. Uh, I mean, look, change changes in everything. It's just nah, it's a fact. I just I don't know. I guess I'm old minded. Maybe I got to get out the game. No, like, that's why, what's one of my reasons why I don't know if I could be a coach to young kids, professionals, I could coach, or maybe college kids, but I couldn't be, like, high school, like, middle school. I think I would be too hard on, too hard on the kids. Like, I, I would expect a certain level of, like, just focusedness, or maybe it is, like, just the way I grew up, because I hooped. I hooped to get out of my situation, Yeah, you know? And it was like, this was all or nothing. So every day I attacked that shit like that. I think, I think you know, you're like, underestimating how you adapt too. Like, I think you got to look at how you've adapted from college to overseas ball to like, I think that same type of adaptation happened. Like, again, it's a natural process of life, just being able to adapt and, and you know, it's, I mean, maybe you might not though. You might not adapt, but you're going to adapt <laughs> in one way or <laughs> one way. It might not be through coaching, but... I mean, I think if you really wanted to coach, you'd be more than capable of adapting to, you know, these kids. I'm, I I agree with you. I don't want to adapt to them, so I probably don't want to coach like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck them kids. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> nah, nah, I'm just playing. I coach, I coach a 12U team. You like, those, are, those are my guys, so I'm just you playing. You imagine being in practice, kid, like, fuck you? Yeah. Like, excuse me? <laughs> excuse me? Because yeah. I remember when we was younger, bro, you couldn't you couldn't curse a coach out. A coach had permission to handle you from your parent. Like, nowadays, you can't hit nobody, kid. You can't. Like, that's, you that's going to jail. Go, that's how you go viral. Into jail. <laughs> <laughs> into jail. But, yo, hold up, hold up, hold up. Backtrack real quick because I got a question for you. We got, yeah, we got yeah, a little yeah. bit. Who the, Who is the coldest hooper to come out of New York? Oof. Shit, I'm I'll from New Jersey. Get, I'll let you. So, I'll let, uh, well, my fault. I be oof. forgetting. You, you from New York? Yeah. Too, nah, but yeah. nah. But I can answer. I can answer New York too. But nah, New York, New York, New Jersey, New York, I New mean, Jersey, New York, New Jersey. The coldest, like, the, like, like the, who the, the, be, coldest, who the best coldest? NBA player, and who the coldest? 
I mean, I skill wise, it's got to be Kyrie. Like we can't even, you know, skill wise, it's it's got to be Kyrie. And please don't tell me that like because Carmelo was born in Brooklyn and Michael Jordan was born in Brooklyn. Like they wasn't raised. You know what I mean? They wasn't raised there. They, you know, what I'm saying that shit don't count. Uh, but I mean, New Jersey for me, it's Kyrie. For New York, I mean. I grew I was in the Sebastian Telfair era of high school, man, through the fire where he was just an animal. My man Kimball Walker, just special. Stephon Marbury, man. Like, I mean, as far as point guards, Rod Strickland. Like, it's, I honestly, I, I can't, you can't, in New, for me in New York, you can't name, it's not just one person who sets himself apart. Like, they all, like, for me, are, are, are like, phenomenal. Like my, like, my favorite point guard from New York was was uh, Rod Strickland. Like, he, for me, was just different. You know, like, I love Steph. I love Bassey. Like, there's a lot of people, like, Sham God. You know, I used to work on that shit every damn day. You know, like, but Rod Strickland, man, he was, man, he was, he was, he, yeah, he was it, bro. I can't front. Rod, finished so with both hands, just smooth, slick, like. Just an animal, bro. Play the defensive end, too. Yeah. Yeah, both ends. Like, just animal, man. Animal. Yeah. He probably he probably underappreciated, too. Nah, I guess, or forgot. For sure. I mean, but then you can't forget, like, dudes like Ben Gordon. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not New York ben City, Gordon. but it's New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, animal. I gotta, you I know, it's been out, so many great players to come too. out of New York. <laughs> huh? Y'all repping, y'all repping Long Island? Y'all taking Long Island? That's New York, bro. That's that's, that's New York. York. You okay. can't. That's that's New York, bro. It's been uh, yo, bro. It's been too many. It's been too many killers that come out. You can't just say is one is like the best. You know what I mean? It's just so many that's been set that set themselves apart. All right, who who the best? Who the best no. NBA player? Who's had the best NBA career? Who's had the best NBA career? Let me say that. Damn. And out of in in New Yorkers or Jersey? Jersey for sure, Kyrie. Give me both. Like, Trust it. Trust I, I think even in New York, Ky- I think Kyrie has had the best I mean, NBA champion. Like, and I, maybe I'm not thinking. I can't. Maybe I can't think of them all right now. But I think for sure, Kyrie. Like, what, what you think? Andy? I mean, I'd so far, Kimba. I'd say Kemba, but Kyrie probably, Kyrie probably got it. Like, yeah, I think Kyrie, Kyrie definitely got like, it. I mean, Kemba right there though. But Kimba ain't far at all. You can't you can't deny Kimba work at all. Like, but you talk about you talking about NBA. I mean, I mean for me, I would say I would say Kyrie. I mean, for sure. I mean, I mean my man Ka been uh, my man K been fucking hurt the last few years. Man has been doing him bad. But he, he should be good next season though. And don't forget about my little bro, man, Slow Mo, man, Kyle Anderson putting in work right now. New Playoffs. New Jersey, man. Oh, from New Big Jersey. Yeah. I ain't know he's from New Big Jersey. Big Jersey. I ain't know that. Yeah. Because it says he went to UCLA. Really, he, he Cali yeah, now. I thought, he I love thought Cali. He was West Coast kid. <laughs> I thought he was West Coast kid. Jersey. You know, knowing, knowing, knowing all them NBA players, and this for both of y'all, for real. No, like we all know NBA players, y'all more so than myself, even just being from the coast. Is it as an overseas player? I mean, how hard is it to to be overseas and and get so close to the NBA and then not quite get there and see all your friends do it? Like, obviously, there's no hating you. You want them to be successful and all that, but we humans, right? So, especially for you, Jordan, that year that year after Bamvit, 
And I remember you was on lists like top five, top ten uh, players in Europe to get back to the league. And you was right. You was right there. And then you go to Milan, and Milan is a tough situation because you're, you know how Euro League is. You kind of got. We've talked about it on mm-hmm. the show. You got to play a role. You don't get necessarily to play your game. So how, how hard is it to kind of go through those ebbs and flows of being overseas and and being right there, but not quite, not quite getting it and seeing all your people do it. I mean. I've always prided myself on like, uh, oh, just worry about myself, you know, like being able to stay, stay grounded and understand I am who I am and I can't put myself in somebody else's shoes. So when I, when I had the opportunity to get to the league, my biggest concern was fi- financial. I didn't want to sit on nobody's bench. I didn't want to go to have to go to summer league after just putting in all this damn work in Europe, playing 39 minutes a night twice a week, getting to find two championships, putting in all this work, dedicating my body and everything, and then somebody telling me, yo, you got to go to Summer League, and then somebody telling me, yo, I ain't, I ain't going to play because we've all heard the Summer League stories. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of guys being guaranteed this and then not getting no playing time. So this was my biggest thing. And Milan came with that money. And we both know, we, we know when that money comes, you're not turning that down. That guaranteed check, that two-year guaranteed check come for two point, and I'm looking at my last check, and I'm looking at my family situation, and I'm like, listen, NBA, I'm sorry. Maybe I, I, this, this might be my, only, my only, only time I can go, but I've never seen this much money, and I need it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and for me, that, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> It, it was a no. It was a no brainer. It was a no brainer to, to to take the money, like no brainer at all. Like I, I I needed I needed it. Like just like we all come, this grind is overseas is 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 not easy, you know. And that when that money come after you put all that work, you get rewarded for your for your hard work and success. Yeah, I definitely I definitely took that check. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, I think emotionally, I think. In my younger years, I used to see it as like, uh, I think it used to bring out competitive emotions, you know what I mean? And, you know, and, and it's funny because I was just going back through like an old podcast I had with Darren Collison back in 2017. And like, you know, back in high school, like, you know, I was the bigger name from our area, you know, for a while. And then once Darren got to UCLA, obviously, you know, he blew up from there. And, um, you know, and I was always extremely happy for Darren never had an ounce of hate for for anything that he accomplished um he deserved it and I just always looked at it like you know and even in you know when he's in the league and we're in the gyms together and stuff in the summer it was always just like okay competition like okay this is what he's better than me at so this is what I need to get better at but then you see the lifestyle part right and you see how they're living you see what they're driving what they're able to do and how connected they are and all that other stuff and I feel like that's motivation, too, because, like, you know all that comes from what they're doing in the gym. You know what I'm saying? And it's like at a certain point, especially when you're younger, you're like, okay, I got I to gotta put more work in in the gym and, and things like that. Um, but on the flip side, your reality changes once you start going overseas for 10 months. You know, that's your new reality. And then your competition and your focus becomes somebody else. You know what I'm saying? It it becomes that Euroleague guy. It becomes whoever's the highest paid on your team or your league or whatever it is. And your focus completely changes. All the while, 
you're playing a different style of basketball. Like, it's not the same. Like, you know, that D-League style. I remember when I first left the D-League, went to training camp with OKC, left, and went over to Italy, like, I was running 100 miles an hour because that's what we did in the States. Like, you know, the, the game is spread. Like, the game is more up and down. And and I remember D. Brown was like, bro, like, just slow down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, I didn't know what slow down meant. But I think that, you know, that's uh, the brand of basketball is also different. So it's, it's kind of – it's kind of harmful in a sense. And I think like now more so than back in the day, basketball in Europe's a little bit more like the NBA in regards to style and, you know, up and down, shooting a lot of threes and things like that. Whereas, you know, probably, you know, when we all first went overseas, it was a little more slow down, let's hit the big and, you know, let's play a more methodical game. Yeah. So uh, I, I think players are better suited now to play overseas and be able to take their game to, to the States and be successful. Whereas I think earlier in our careers, the styles were a lot more different. So yeah. it was a little harder to, to go from one and then right back to the other and be successful. Yeah. That's, that's, that's super helpful mentally and emotionally too, to not have to make such a big, make such a big transition too. Like you said, no, like, wow. like dude, I, I hear where you coming from. You talk about worry about yourself. And that's shit. I think we all try and do that, like mentally, like that's the focus. But that shit ain't always easy. You know, there's days where you like, damn, like you know what I'm saying. And I think it's crazy because now you kind of have social, you know, social media is like, don't be a hater, yada yada. And I think it's, uh, I think there's this myth around like being envious, but also still wanting someone to succeed. Like you, you know, you competitive. You want to have, you want to get to where everybody else is at. So there's a, there is some envy, but at the same time, it's like. Yeah, you support, especially your friends. Like you supporting them people. You want them to, you know, you want them to get two hundred million, hundred million. Cause shit, my friends, that that hundred million, some of that. I mean, shit, we in Miami with it. Are we doing? I know y'all was the same way. So, I mean, it's it was always it was a challenge for me earlier on in my career. But it's probably a credit to you, Theo, to to be able to really be set in that mindset. Cause I think that probably feeds into a lot of the success you had too. So, that's big. Big, uh, big love for that, for real. So, last question we Man, got. A lot for of these. You. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go, go ahead, ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. no, no. no. Like, I, I think also like a lot of dudes that I know that was in the league. It was like they ain't have it at first. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah Kem- Kemba drafted in the uh, lottery. Kyle got drafted. Uh, Kyle got drafted. But it was more of like, all right, the work starts now. You know what I mean? Like all I wanted from from them, yo, just send me a shipment of shoes, man. Just just keep me, just keep me. You know what I mean? Just give me some gear. I don't need no money, none of that. Like that was always my thing, yo. Just get me right. Kimber used to send me hella Under Armour shit. I was like, I'm good, bro. They I appreciate it. That's all I need. Just send me 20, 30 pair of kicks for my season, so I don't gotta spend no money. I'm good. Kyle dabbed me out with some some Nike stuff. I'm straight. You know what I mean? That that's all I really ever wanted. And I always, I never really thought about, like, competing with my brothers. Yeah. You know, like, it's hard to compete with somebody when you want the best for them. You think so? I mean, for me, for me it is, because then it's like, it's like, all right, I want you to do well, but I want to bust your ass. I, you know what I mean? I don't, I can't in my mind say, yo, I want you to do well, but then say, yo, damn, like, why, I can, why I'm not getting this? See, yeah, you know, I, you know I mean, what I'm I saying? It, I don't think it's why I'm not getting this. You're it's right. more so just like. All right, I see I where you at. That. I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm about like, to get there. Right, I'm too. about to get yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, the, mo- I mean? the motivation. Yeah, the motivation is definitely always there, but like for me, I just try to keep the like all negative thoughts. I try to keep out my mind. 
Yeah, like yeah, I try to stay as positive as possible, no matter what it is in my life. Like I, I can't let any negativity creep in because once a little bit comes in, it's like, damn, then I focus on this. Cause I'm not sure. If, I mean, I've never told, I don't really tell people this, but I'm ADHD like a motherfucker. <laughs> so like I have to be like, I can have a full conversation, but I'll be on my phone looking at my phone, but I'm in the conversation because my attention is really just, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And I also uh, struggle with short-term memory loss. So when we in the huddle and coach drawing up the play and I, oh, after the joint, I, I forget this shit. I'm not too much. Yo, what we running? Yo, coach, run that again. You know what I mean? Like, like so field. mentally, I'm a, I'm a little all over the place. You yeah. know what I mean? But I can't let I can't let like the little shit that's that can that can fuck up my focus in. Like I can't. Like that's why I think I've been able to be successful to go from where I've been to where I am now, because of me being able to channel my energy and my focus into all the positive shit in my life. Yeah, I think you're gonna have negative energy or negative thoughts, like regardless, right? So, like you said, I think it's just about channeling yeah. channeling that energy into positive, kind of spinning those negative thoughts into positive thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like Ann said, I don't think it's necessarily about like, damn, why don't I have that? More so than like, I think I think you're supposed to put your pe- yourself around people that you know that you might be quote unquote mm-hmm. beneath or whatever. Especially as overseas basketball players, like iron sharp iron sharpens iron, right? So it's like them the people you want to be working out with, them the people you kind of want to be looking up at, because it's like, yeah, I want that, not necessarily like, ah, oh, damn, mm-hmm. why, why, why that happened to them and not me, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. dope that you could that you could channel your energy, because that's that's definitely easier said than done, hundred percent. Right. Yeah, nah, yo, I wanna I wanna ask y'all, man, just to kind of kind of backtrack real quick, final four of a uh, Champions League, who who y'all think coming out of that? You got a uh, Hulon and a uh, Tenerife, and then um, you got a uh, Manresa and uh, Louisburg. I like Tenerife. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like I like Huertas, man. Like I, I don't know. I, I just I always love. I always liked his weird game, yo. Mm-hmm. Like don't 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 one foot floaters, the runners that he be taking, bro. <laughs> Like it ain't many people who make them shits, man. Like, and he always come up big. And I think Tenerife just got great history in the Champions League because they beat us in the finals too. I'm, I'm going. I'm going alone. I'm going with the alma mater. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I gotta go alone just cause. I don't even <laughs> got a good reason. Just cause. <laughs> what y'all think about Louisburg and Man? man. That's gonna be tough. Lewisburg guard JP, man. Fucking them. They got them got them dudes guarding and guarding guys in the locker room. Yeah, nah, for real. They defend like a mug, boy. <laughs> JP, man. But man, Russ have been playing good, bro, all season. They've been they've been locked yeah, in. Now they got a good squad, man. I I, I think Lewisburg's gonna I think I think defensively, I think that's gonna carry him, you know, through that win. I see them getting to the finals and losing only, the finals. I can see them losing one game. Tenerife. That's what I'm saying. I, I just I don't know. Yo, is Aaron doing the camp in Tenerife? Doing I believe he went back. Is he? Yeah, four men. I think I think he. he no, I no, think no, he, he went back. He's with me in Frankfurt. Yeah, but he went to Tenerife after that. He went to Tenerife after that. But he went to Munich. No, he went to Valencia. He went to. Val- 
He went to no after Frankfurt. Valen- he went to Tenerife, then went to Valencia. Oh, Valencia. Was in Valencia for a few years. Now back to Tenerife. Yeah, I think he's back now. He I, I always man. liked his game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I yeah, think Tenerife going to get going going to take it home. Yeah, I think I, mm-hmm. I think they I think they would too. Who's hosting? Uh, it's in a uh, Bilbao. The Final Four. Never been there. In Spain. It's in Spain, so you know, Tenerife might have a little a little advantage there. Yeah, they're gonna have their fans yeah, they're yeah. Gonna have, they're gonna have everybody there. They're gonna have everybody there. So I'm glad I'm glad really nobody's hosting. Yeah. I hate I hate I, I really don't like when you have a final four and then there's a, a team gets to host. It's not fair. Yeah, unless they just happen to make it there. I mean, it's still not fair. It's still yeah, not but, fair, but yeah. Like, it should be announced before the season. Like, not when we get to the final four and then y'all choose the, the, the four teams. Like, who's going to who's gonna host? Like, like, bro, bro, we lost. Bro, we lost Tenerife, bro. We had a championship road game. Like, they got us out of there in the finals, the whole arena against us, like, for the chip. Hey, hey, this this, this random. This last question before we let you go. And this just got me thinking. What's what's the to y'all? What's the biggest difference between Euro Cup and Euro League and Champions League? Or like, what's the difference between Euro League and the rest of a league? And not beyond, obviously, just having teams like Barcelona. I'm talking more like the style of play. I don't think I think between Euro Cup and Euro League, the style the style of play isn't the same. I just think it's the level of the of the players. Mm-hmm. The but the the budgets the budgets for the players you got better players and the the intensity as you as me and you both know I'm not sure if Ant play Euro League the intensity in Euro League is like no other in Europe it is a different beast you know and you know and you, and you really don't know the difference until you get to Euro League because because when you not in Euro League and you play against the Euro League teams you might get a win against them you feel good as hell until you on the Euro League team and then you come back and play against a team in your domestic league that's not Euro League mm-hmm. and then you be like damn then you see dudes that's averaging 18 getting 6 you like shit I'm chilling today I think yeah, and why and why so much damn and why so much damn basketball? He, 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 do he like, do like, <laughs> like do watch more basketball than, than anybody like else. But no, you ain't lying, and that's that's the most fun I had playing basketball since college. Yeah. Easy, easy. Like I was shocked. I was shocked at how much fun I was having. Shit, there. bro. The intensity, so. the intensity, and the level of competition, bro. Like it's just, and and you and you see really why guys are getting paid what they're getting because like a dude will play eight minutes a game in Euro League, but it'll be a specialist at whatever it is that he is really uh, he good at if you come in eight minutes to come on staggers and hit screens hey I mean, hey, hey you better use them screens and, and come on the stagger let it fly you miss your first your eight minutes yeah. your, your eight minutes might trickle down to five if you miss that first or that first or second look but if you make them first two you might go from eight to 14 minutes you know what I mean? But make sure you but make sure you defend on the other end. You know, everybody defends in your league. Like to me, like everybody the effort is just I, th- I it, think it's just Billy 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 Barron came on and talked about that, about you know, the art of coming off the bench and, and just trying to be a No, I was just gonna say I, I think one of the uh one of the biggest differences I see between all the leagues and I used to think it's funny because I used to think the same thing in uh I used to think the same thing in college basketball between like high majors and low major school. I think it's the bigs. I think the bigs in Euroleague 
are they're they're just they're just better on both sides of the floor. You know what I mean? When you look at Euro League yeah. to Euro Cup, like guards, you're gonna find guards that could be successful. Like you can find guards that can shoot the ball like outside of like Euro League. You know what I'm saying? You could find these type of guards. You know, obviously, and I'm not talking about your elite guards like Shane's and, and Mike's, but you know, for the most part, you can find guards that can survive up there. But I think it's the bigs. The bigs are a huge difference as you go from level to level to level. Because uh, some hedges, yeah, the hedges, scoring, shooting, like <laughs> just everything, making them making them passes over them long stretch arm passes, trying to hit that corner pass when the big is redding. It's there's definitely a different level, man. But it's fun though because it make you raise your game. I think I think it's easier. It's for easier sure, for to sure, play for to sure. Be like just being here, no disrespect to to Japan or any other league, but it's like. The reads that you got to make in, here in Japan is like they ass backwards. Because, like, the four man, you run a Spain pick, for instance, just simple Spain pick. The same side guy, the same side corner might be a four man, and that dude will just run at you. And you'll, I mean, in Europe, ain't no mm-hmm. way you just throwing that, throwing it ahead three, easy, or back cut, dunk, whatever. Here, you throw it ahead, and dude just might catch it and throw it right back to you. I'm like, man, that was the wrong. Move. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so it's, it's crazy being able to. To adapt to that, but yeah, it's it's, it's hard to play. It's hard to play Euroleague and then go and then drop down too, because you know since you played at the level, you expect guys to play at that level too. Because when you step on the floor, your mental is yo like I know what this is like. I'm trying to get back there, so I need to play at this level and show teams I can do this. But the guys around you haven't done it, or you don't even know how to do it. You know, you know what I mean? Don't know the proper rotations to make. Because I know playing against Barcelona, playing against some of the other teams, I know who's going to be where every time. I know what bigs likes to hedge, what's drawing, which one likes to drop, who's going to play flat. I know all of this. Like, I, I know what to do in every situation. But shit, playing with, when, when you drop down, it's like, damn, it's like, oh, I got to keep the ball because motherfuckers ain't really even on, or ain't trying to attack. <laughs> they ain't. No, that's what I was just gonna say. Who gonna attack? Who gonna just shoot? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. But nah, man. That's that's really all we got for you, man. We definitely that was that was a, a great conversation. We appreciate you coming on, man. Enjoyed it. Definitely gonna have to have you back again for those listening. It is available at Eurobasket.net, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. <laughs> And of course, hey, presented hey, by hey, hey. Swiss Cultures. You gotta do the outro. Euro basket again. You gotta do the outro. Damn, nigga. Damn. Damn. Hey. All right. Yo, like I said, like I said, Theo, we appreciate you coming on, man. And for those listening, uh, it's, uh, you can find us on eurohoops.net, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, We'll be on Swiss Cultures, and like I said, Theo, you have to come join us again. It's a great conversation. Uh, appreciate you. That's it. I'm Jordan. We'll see y'all next time.